Well, good morning. It's good to see all of you here, and it is so good to have all of you that are online that are joining us uh, here this morning. And uh, we are in a two-part series that's uh, a little different than the average series. It is uh, uh, like a vision talk or a leadership talk, kind of really talking about uh, where we're going as a church. And um, uh, last week, we talked a lot about just like who, who we are, what is our identity, and we talked some about like who we're not, and we're not, we're not the church uh, that is uh, the hideout from the world, right? This is, we don't, we don't want to be the church that is like, the, you know, the world is scary and we, I want to escape it and, you know, let me hide here. Um, and we don't want to be the kind of church that looks at the world and is just like, we're angry and we're going to fight against the world and like, this is how, like, this is our mission and we're like, no. What we looked at is we want to be the church that is a gift, the church that is a gift to the world, that that's, that's who we want to be. And to be a gift to the world uh, begins with being a Christ-centered church. And so we talked a little bit about being a Christ-centered church. And if you weren't here last week, I encourage you to um, maybe catch that uh, message because it will fill in a lot of things here. But let me just mention a, a, just a couple of things about this in particular about being a Christ-centered church. I talked about three things uh, that I'm going to just mention here about being a Christ-centered church. One, um, it, it's that we rest in that love that we have for Christ, that there's this kind of connection that we have, and we rest in that. And you experience that um, maybe in singing those songs and reflecting or meditating on that, that it's this experience that we have. Uh, the second thing is we trust Christ for life, right? We trust his power. We trust his work. It is our source for our security, our salvation salvation, our value, our sense of purpose, our hope, like that, like that is, that is what we put our trust uh, in. We, we live uh, off of that. And then the third thing, which really pertains a lot uh, to this morning, is this, that we look to Christ as a model, right? Um, we look to him in how he lived, how he loved the world and the people in the world. Like uh, he becomes this kind of example for us in how we can be uh, a church in a practical sense, in a practical uh, manner in all of this. And so I wanna pick up on the passage that I looked at uh, last week and just mention a few things that we looked at and then uh, uh, look at something else out of that passage that we didn't have time to go over last week. So if you have your Bibles, uh, turn to Matthew chapter nine, Matthew chapter nine. Um, we looked at this passage, and it says this, verse 35. And when Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, right? And so Jesus, like he went and he would teach the good news. And that good news is like, that's the gospel, the good news of the gospel. That is when he mentions that here, right? That's not just good news. Like that's the best news. That's the best news that someone in Christ, they can find hope. They can find shame lifted, sin forgiven, love experienced. They can have life in relationship with God. I mean, do you realize what an amazing gift that is? And it says he would like, he just would teach this and, he, and would preach this, that like this, like this is this amazing, amazing good news. Now, but I want you to catch this. Look, look right in that same sentence where it says he was teaching the good news of the kingdom and look what else. And healing every disease and sickness. 
And the reason I mention that here is because there is this thing that you see uh, with Jesus's uh, teaching, uh, in particular with the gospel, that it's almost always connected to him ministering uh, to someone, to encouraging someone, to healing the sick, to like, because ministering to people's needs in tangible ways, it's like Jesus saw that connected to the gospel, right? Uh, There's this tie here in that. Ever have someone uh, tell you good news and then whatever they followed up with, you were like, I don't think that's such good news. Like, good news. You only have two cavities that need to be filled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Or, you know, maybe it's about finances or something. Good news. And like, whatever they said next. And you're like, I'm not, I, I heard you use the words good news, but I didn't experience it as good news. Um, and there's an important reason why, right? For good news to really be good news, like you have to experience the good in the good news part of it, right? Um, And as a church who wants to be a gift, a gift isn't a gift unless it blesses the person it's being gifted to, right? Like this becomes important uh, in this. Um, Years and years ago, when Angie and I were dating, um, I went over to her house to pick her up for a date. It was like Christmas time. So I get there. And uh, when I walk in the front door of her house, her whole family's there, her mom and her dad, her brother and her sister. And they've all got like this funny grin on their face. And Angie goes, we have a Christmas present for you. Like, you know, like, like and, it, and I think this was just like probably days before Christmas. We have this Christmas present for you. And I'm like, okay, like, great. And we walk in and they're all like right there. Like, it's one of those moments where you're just like, I don't know what to think about this moment right now. We sit down and they hand me this box and I open, I unwrap, it's wrapped really nice, I open it up and there before me is a Christmas sweater. But this Christmas sweater, it is like an abomination to all Christmas sweaters that have ever existed. It is like the worst Christmas sweater ever, okay? It had iron-on pictures of goats and then used puff paint to say like Merry Christmas and decorate goats to make them like Christmas goats. It was the Christmas goat sweater. And I remember looking at this and going, ooh, you know, like you shouldn't have. Like, really, it shouldn't have. And they're all smiling at me. Do you like it? It's for you. Like, it's just, and I'm just like, oh, thanks. You know, it's just whatever. And I'm just like, whoa, put this in the box and it's never coming out, right? And then Angie goes, I've got a Christmas sweater too. And then she starts pulling it on and she goes, and we, and you should put yours on and we'll wear it on our date tonight. And I'm like, oh. And this is all inside my head because Like, this is my future mother-in-law and father-in-law, you know, right there. And they're all smiling. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm going to, really? Oh yeah, yeah, we'll go on a date and you can put it on. And Angie's got her sweater on. I'm like, okay. I'm just thinking, what if people are going to see me in this Christmas goat sweater, right? And so I put on my Christmas goat sweater in that moment because it's my gift, right? And just as I get it on, they all like bust up laughing, right? It was a total, they punked me really, really well, right? And uh, apparently um, someone in their family made them all uh, these beautiful abomination goat Christmas sweaters. 
And before I got there, they thought it would be a really good idea to wrap one back up and have Glenn put it on, right? And so um, ever get a present and you're like, I got a present. It was kind of like that goat sweater. Ever get a goat sweater present? Yeah, maybe, maybe you were being punked, yeah. Or maybe it was legit, right? And you're, yeah, you didn't, you had no out on it. Like I had, a, at least I had an out on it, right? Yeah, and see, here's this thing. Sometimes if churches aren't careful, like we can, we can the, the way we live out what we're trying to do, it can be a little bit like a goat sweater, right? We can, we can call it good news. But if people don't experience us as good news, we might as well be giving out goat sweaters, right? In fact, like the motto for this morning, I think should just be, um, we want to be a gift, not a goat sweater. I thought about having t-shirts made for this. Wouldn't that be great? Casas, we want to be a gift. And on the back, not a goat sweater. That, that'd be a conversation starter, wouldn't it? Yeah. In fact, let's all say it together. Yeah, let's say it together. On three, I want all to say, we want to be a gift, not a goat sweater. Ready? Let's go say it with me. Ready? Here we go. We want to be a gift, not a goat sweater. Words to live by, my friends, right there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and when you think about what Jesus did, like the way he always ministered to people in these tangible ways, ways where they felt loved, they felt cared for, they felt lifted up, right? They experienced Jesus preaching and teaching the good news as good news because of how they experienced him in all of this, right? In fact, the text goes on. Look back at the text. Um, it says this, verse 36. Um, uh, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like a sheep, uh, like sheep without a shepherd, right? And we talked about this last week. And so there was this thing how Jesus was always ministering to people. And part of it started because he just, like, he saw them. He saw them. And you know, just seeing people sometimes is a gift, right? Just to see them and to have compassion uh, on them. And so how do we do that? How do we live this out? And again, like Jesus becomes the example for this and how we would do this. And I want to talk about three main areas that we want to live this out. The first one, the first one we have already started. And in some ways, it has been us for a very, very long time. You know, we started this ministry season out and we said uh, our theme for this ministry year is to love like you are loved, right? Love like you are loved. And we've, we've like talked about that. And there are these amazing things that have been uh, going on uh, behind the scenes with all of our ministries. You heard uh, Miles talking to some of our uh, leaders last Sunday about this. And you know, this value of love like you're loved, in other words, loving people and building community around this, it, like, this isn't a new thing. Like one of, the, one of the takeaways I would want you to have this morning is when we talk about um, uh, love like you're loved, when we talk about being a gift in this next chapter, this isn't something that is like new for us. In fact, uh, those of you who know Roger Barrier, he was, uh, he was the senior pastor before me. I got to grow up under him. And there's something I heard him talk about a lot, a lot. One of the things he used to say about Casas is he would say, I want Casas to be a church that helps hurting people. He said that a lot. And if you knew Roger, you, I know you heard him say that. I want Casas to be a church that helps hurting people. 
And that didn't just flow out of, it wasn't like, okay, I've got a strategic plan for how we're gonna grow the church. I've got a strategic plan for how to execute ministry. I've got, like that started out of this compassion that he had for hurting people. And you know why? Uh, Because he knew what it was to hurt. He, uh, again, even today, navigating all of these health issues. Uh, When he was in high school, he had open heart surgery. And he understood the fears and the complexities of all of these things. And yet he understood God's compassion and God's love. And he understood what it was to be in community where people cared for people that were hurting. And the way he was loved, he wanted his church to love that way. And that's, that's always been us. And it's gonna continue to be us. And I want you to see that. In fact, you know, Miles uh, this week sat down on a Zoom call with some more ministers uh, on staff here, uh, primarily in our adult communities area, and just talked about some of the things that we're doing because we wanna be a church where we lift up this value of love like you are loved. We wanna be a church that is a gift to one another and to others. And so um, just let's take a few moments and I want you to just hear Miles on this Zoom call with some of our pastors and just see some of the things that are coming up and that we have been doing for a while. Well, hey, everyone. Uh, Just like we did last week, I'm here with three of our ministry leaders uh, and adults, and we just want to tell you a few things that's been going on in there. And so we've got Jen from Women's Community and Seth from Adult Communities and Becky from Global. Um, So, Jen, I'll just go right straight to you and say, um, you know, you're doing women's small groups now. So what are some of the uh, some of the really good things that you've seen coming out of that? Well, Miles, it's just been really wonderful to see all of the women come together this year, um, either in Zoom meetings or in person. And, uh, you know, it's amazing because we've had people open up their homes and uh, offer to host larger groups that way. And we've also had some women that um, actually, I hear a lot of this echoed and it's um, that they get together and they're more than just a study group. They become a really close group of friends who uh, just really enjoy spending time together. They miss one another when one can't make it. And um, they're coming together for meals. And uh, sometimes they eat before they they jump into their study. But other times I've heard that they've been getting together just specifically for the purpose of being friends and sharing a meal or a brunch. And so it's been really neat to see how they've all uh, created such deep, meaningful relationships with one another through these study groups. Good. And Seth, how about uh, what are some of the things that you're seeing coming out of either Sunday morning groups or midweek groups? Well, so we're we're still having the meet. And that's one of the really cool things is that in the midst of all this, they're, they're still meeting. Um, but we're, we're seeing more than just meeting. We're seeing some really cool things happen where, you know, one story that I love is that we've got a, a couple that we've invited to step into a leadership role. And when we met with them to talk about it, they started sharing a little bit of their story. And their story is such a cool story because it it happens that they came to Cassis a, a couple of years ago and they came here from some churches that were legalistic and judgmental and, and even coming here caused some issues and some tensions with the rest of their, their family. And they, they decided to still keep coming. And the reason they said they kept coming was because of the grace and the love and the acceptance that they found from the people here. And so as we're talking to them about becoming leaders in in one of our communities, 
they said, you know, one of the real reasons they felt called to, to be a leader in that community was because of their experience that they had and how deeply they wanted to make sure that when people encountered community here at Cassis, they had that same experience of love and acceptance and grace. That's beautiful. And, and Becky, I think you're seeing some of the same kind of things even on a global scale, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, recently, Miles, we were asked to help pilot an online English workshop, and that was serving our Global Workers Language Center in Central Asia. And what was so special to me was how we could be a gift to our global workers and their students. And one of their students, Daniel, who was a fifth grader, and Farina, who was a young professional woman, they both shared, you know, how isolated they'd been feeling over the summer and the fall. And they came into this into this class and they said it just meant so much to them to be part of that group. And it really, um, it just was something for them to look forward to every week. You know, and on the last day of the workshop in the class, nobody wanted it to end. That was, it was just so evident everywhere. And, you know, just as they were sharing what that class meant to them and what they learned and what they got out of it, all of it was just overwhelming that everyone felt blessed. And we felt blessed to being a part of it with them. And, you know, a short time after the class ended, we received a message from one of our students. And I wanted to share that all with you today. Dear teachers, Amanda and Becky, I can't believe that four weeks of class is already over. I just wanted to send you a quick message to say thanks so much for the great four weeks together. And I'm looking forward to the next lessons we get to be together again. And, you know, that says it all for me. And I look forward to seeing Farina again someday soon and spending time with her too. Nice. Really, that's that's fantastic. So if there's one thing that you'd want everybody at CASAS to know about Global and, and what's going on there, what would that be? I would just want everyone to know how much God is opening up doors through you by using CASAS to love the world. And I would just love to connect with anybody that has a heart for global, has a heart and wants to, to learn more and be a part of it. We would love to have you connect with us and, and see if you might even want to plug into one of these English workshops we're having. Great. And Seth, how about you? If there was the one thing going on in adult communities that you would want to leave with everybody, what would what would that be? Well, it's just simply this, is that, that we're continuing to meet through all of this, and it's by Zoom, in person, a little bit of both, and, and that we, we continue to see that right now what people need is, is community. And so we're going to have communities that are meeting during the week uh, on Sundays and, and really just inviting people to continue to be a part of that. Great. And how about you, Jen? Well, I would just want everyone to know that we have a wonderful, vibrant women's community here at CASAS, and these small groups are just a wonderful thing to become a part of. Um, we're continuing, some continue to meet, and we're going to be launching some more soon with our spring study. So I would just love to know if anyone would want to get involved in those, and I will be happy to get them plugged in and help them find a group that they can start enjoying not only study, but maybe finding some new friendships along the way. Great. Well, thank you guys so much for, for sharing all that. And again, uh, as that QR code pops up at different times during the service um, or whenever you're watching this, feel free to open up your smartphone camera, uh, point it at that. You'll get a link that you can click on. And then right at the top, it says connect with us and you'll be able to email directly to these leaders and we can then help you take that next step in connection. 
So thanks everybody for the Zoom call and um, bye, we'll see you later. So, you know, as, uh, one of the reasons I wanted you to just uh, see that was just to understand that there, there are these things that are going on that have been going on for a long time, continue to go on of building this kind of community that is a gift. And like, I get to work with every one of those people on a regular basis. And the thing that I know and see about them is their passion for people, the community that they're seeking to build and pulling people together. And, and when I see them work and the things that they're planning and the things they've done and the things that they're setting up in the future, we have a gift. We have a gift, and there be and two two things that I would want you to take out of this. One, if you're here this morning and you're like, "Wow, I, like I that sense of community," like I don't have that. Like there's something I long for. I want you to know there's opportunity in your church to gain that, to have that. Whether you're here, whether you're online, there's so many things that they're working on. And I would want you to experience that gift because it is something that we have people on this staff that are passionate about uh, wanting to provide and offer to folks that need it. And you know what, if you're here this morning and maybe you have that community, maybe you've got connections, maybe it's not through one of our adult communities, maybe it's through something else, I would want you to know that it's there, even if you don't need it, because it's just a part of your church. And to say, man, I, like, like, I belong to this church that is seeking to be this kind of beautiful example, uh, more than a beautiful, this beautiful gift of community that people that need that. And that's always been us. But um, what I kind of want to shift our attention to a little bit here next is what it means for us to be that gift in some unique ways moving forward in this season of life. Because in some ways, given all that's going on right now, it could feel a little bit like, man, like, like can, really we could be a gift right now? It just seems like the world is crazy and, you know? But I want you to hear something that Jesus uh, says in this. Look back at Matthew chapter nine, because he says something that kind of shakes up the normal paradigm that churches or, or, uh, or religions uh, would normally have about things. He says this first, look at verse 37. He said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Now, and maybe you've heard that saying before and you've never thought about it before, but you know, when he says this, this is not what the disciples would have expected. Like, think about the disciples. The disciples, right, they've been going around and Jesus is just getting his ministry launched. And it's like, man, you know, like the, all the religious leaders, they keep saying this is heresy. And the religious leaders, it's like they're against us. And the Romans aren't too excited about us either. And oftentimes we go into places and they throw rocks at us. Like, I, like you, the, the harvest is plentiful, Jesus? I don't know. It seems like it's kind of limited. Like, there's 12 of us. I think we've got it covered right now, right? It's just like, it's just, it would be easy to think that. And I think sometimes I'll, like, I'll talk to people and they're like, you know, maybe back in the day, like, like we could, you know, bring the gospel message to people everywhere and people would like, and they would want to hear what we're saying about Christ. And, but now, like, I don't know. It just feels like, like nobody wants it. And Jesus is like, no, 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 no. You're missing it. You're missing it, Right? Because when you're a gift, like who doesn't want a gift that would bless you? Jesus says, I look at the crowds and I see people. I see people that like they're hurting, they're struggling, they're confused, their security 
waffles back and forth. Their, their sense of, of value goes up. And he says, it's like they're sheep without a shepherd. They're everywhere. The harvest, like the harvest is every because this gift, like to, to understand that, like who wouldn't want this? The problem isn't that the harvest is big enough. We just need more workers. We need more workers that just say, we'll be a gift. We'll get out there. We'll be the gift out there. And that's like the mindset that I want us to take. Like, like however you think of the world and the world situation right now, I know this, the opportunity for the, the hope of Jesus Christ in our world is massive, friends. Not because we're gonna have great arguments and we're gonna go around and convince people, but because we're just gonna be a gift. And in being a gift, the impact we can have like is endless in this. So I wanna talk to you. And, and here's the thing, what was true in Jesus's day, it is still true today. It is very true today. So I want, I want to take the rest of my time and I want to talk about two specific areas that I want us to put energy and effort and commitment in, in this next leg of ministry, right? As we seek to live out this theme, love like you're loved, there are two groups of people that I want us to think about and focus on because I believe there is this beautiful opportunity and the need uh, is, is there. So, this past uh, week, I got to speak uh, to someone who's been a part of our church um, I, probably since she uh, was a very small child. Um, uh, her name is Amanda, and she is a nurse. And she just, uh, like, w when I think about her story, it just, it reminds me that right now in our world, Right? There are healthcare workers, there are doctors and nurses and technicians and administrators in the healthcare field right now. And they, like, they, they need a gift. They need, like, I, so I was talking with Amanda. She works at uh, Oral Valley Hospital. And I wish you could hear her talk about her colleagues, her admiration for them. She talked about how they are showing up and sometimes they are showing up exhausted and tired because they have worked double shifts. They have worked long hours, but the need just keeps rolling in. And she said, you know what? They do this because they know people need this. And she said, and they come in with like the best attitude. And I'm hearing her talk about all of this, right? And like, oh my gosh. And, she, and, um, and I didn't know this. Um, you know, in the last few weeks, the, uh, the number of hospitalizations due to COVID has finally started going down in Tucson, which is a really good thing, right? And she said, but you know what? Um, uh, there's a couple places where it's still running at max capacity. And she said, Oral Valley Hospital is one of those places. It's not gone down. We're still at maximum capacity with COVID cases right now. And she said, I look around and the other doctors and nurses, like they, like they are just... And just to hear her talk about it, and you just realize, like, we have these people in our culture right now. And they're, they're the ones that are putting themselves at risk for you and me. They're the ones that are, like, working to the point of exhaustion at times. And you know what? We can be a gift to them. Right? And it, many of you know, we have already been doing some things specific to Oral Valley Hospital. We kind of adopted them. But I want us to think about this, like beyond that. It is, it's nurses and doctors and healthcare workers throughout our city. 
We want to be a gift to them in a beautiful way. Like um, here in the next uh, several months uh, in this uh, next stretch here. And I want to do this. I just right here this morning. Um, if you're a healthcare worker or a, health, or a worker in that field, um, would you, uh, I want you to just stand up for a second. Would you stand up? Because I'll just stand up right now. Can we give them a round of applause? And if you're online, stand up in your living room. Stand up right now in your living room. And know that like there's this whole group of people that are applauding you. Thank you very much. Like, thank you. Like, like you're making a difference. You are precious to us. And sometimes we can go through this and in all the craziness and, and everything, sometimes that can get missed. So here's, here's what we're committing to do as a church. And, and I've already been talking to the staff about this. Um, at some point this coming summer, uh, and as we uh, get more details, we'll come with details uh, before you. But we want to set aside an entire Sunday at some point this coming summer, you know, as we kind of, and we'll continue praying that everything, you know, goes in the right direction. And as the vaccine comes out and as everything goes on, we'll be in a better place. And as we get to that place, set aside a, a Sunday where we make it a Sunday, where we encourage and bless and just love on the nurses and doctors and healthcare workers that have been doing so very much for us, right? To be a church in our community that just could love on them for a while, like what, a, what an amazing blessing that would be. Um, and as needs arise, you know, as a church, we've done different drives uh, for uh, health needs and all of this. We will continue to do that. One of the things that we're going to do to be just to be a gift a blessing uh, to that whole field is we were, we were contacted about the need for more testing sites in this part of Tucson, that they, that as testing continues to ramp up, that they don't have enough sites for this. And so um, we've been in contact with a healthcare organization uh, called uh, Embry. Um, and starting this week, we're gonna use a portion of our parking lot out here because we've got this great big campus and this huge parking lot, right? We can just serve our community and use our parking lot to do COVID testing. And so starting this week, uh, they're going to begin doing COVID uh, testing in there. And they talked about uh, the need possibly coming up to have sites to do the vaccine as that ramps up. And we said, you know what, in as much as it's possible, and I think we can do this, if the need arises, um, like we're going to be a church that's going to offer up a part of our parking lot to be able to do that. And, I'm, and here's what I want you to know out of this. The way you have supported your church in a financial way, the way you have volunteered all the things that you do to make this what it is, makes that possible. That we got to say yes to that because of what you have done. Because we, right, we want to be a gift, not a goat sweater, right? Like that's like, we want to live by that. And that's what we're doing with this. Um, one more thing uh, that I want to do here this morning, because uh, there's something we can actually do this uh, morning with this, and, and it's actually kind of got two parts uh, to it. One that we can all participate on, whether you're online or here. The second part, um, I'm going to have everyone in here participate in, but before I tell you exactly what it is, here's, here's what I want you to do. I want you to pull out your phone, okay, and how often... How often does the pastor say, I want you to use your phone during the sermon, right? Here's your chance, right? I want you to pull out your phone and I want you to text 
to this number. We're going to put a number up on the screen here, and I want you to text uh, one word. I know it's two words, but like no space. Just make it one word to make this work, right? Text uh, with you, with you. Just text that uh, to that number. So while you're doing that, and there's going to be an opportunity for you with that to actually um, post a picture of yourself if you want it at some point through all that. But while you're doing that, let me, let me tell you why I'm going to have you do this. Um, about a month ago, uh, Miles and Phil talked with me as they were talking to some of the administration leaders at Oral Valley Hospital. And this is when cases were just like going through the roof. And, and they said, you know, our staff kind of one of the needs they have is just encouragement. Like they're often alone because family and friends can't come in. And so they're caring for these patients that normally might have family and friends there. And because there's so many of them, the span of care is just getting bigger and bigger. And they're just, just something encouraging. And so Miles and Phil came to me and said, Glenn, why don't you make a video just on your phone, make a quick video and just something encouraging. And so I did that and sent that off to them. And there was one phrase in there. There was a statement I made. It was just like a 30 second video that I heard back from um, quite a few people from Oral Valley Hospital that either saw it or had a family member working at Oral Valley Hospital and said, when you said this, it meant the world to them. And here's what it was. At one point in that video, and I spoke for you all. I know I didn't get permission, but I know you well enough that I knew this was true. And so I just pulled you into this. And I, I talked just a little bit about Casas, and I said this to them. I said, we are with you. We, this church, the people that make Casas, Casas, we get that you're, like, you've got some exhausting days in front of you that might feel lonely, but we want you to know we are with you. They just, and just hearing that was such an encouragement for some of the workers there. So here's what I want to do. I want to send them another little video this week. But this time, instead of me just saying it on behalf of you, I want to find some ways to include you in that. First of all, all of you that texted that, I'm going to find a way to put that into that video, like where I can talk about how many people directly texted, you know, in support of being with you. And uh, we'll find a way to maybe put some of those pictures that you uh, post on there as a part of that uh, video in there so that when I send that video to them this week, um, it, they'll feel uh, the, the weightiness and the breath of, of this large community that is saying, we are with you. Now, here's the other part that I want to do with this. I think this would be cool. Um, I've only done a video selfie like three times, starting with a rehearsal this morning, at which I did not do a very good job of it, okay? But I want to take just a selfie video of all of us just saying that sentence, we are with you, okay? So here, so... So let me, let me figure this all out. Um, okay, we're going to do this in one take. Maybe. <laughs> it hasn't happened yet. But, okay, so on three, um, we're all going to say, we are with you, okay? Or we're with you. Let's say it, let's practice it once, ready? We're with you. Okay, all right, okay, so on three, we're going to do that, ready? Okay. One, two, three. We're with you. Wonderful. Thank you. Okay. I'm going to take that, and someone who's way more technically savvy than I am is going to take my phone, extricate that, and turn it into this video, okay? And we're going to, yes, yes, we'll, whoever that will be, I have a few names in mind here. Yeah. Um, 
because I want them to hear from you in this, right? Now, um, there's, uh, there's one, other, one other group that I want us to, uh, to think about in all of this. Um, and this one actually started this past Christmas. Um, my small group got together. I love my small group. I have, I've, I've got a great small group. I've got that community that they talked about and have had it for years. And in our small group, uh, one of the ladies, Sarah, Sarah's starting, she was just sharing the story of, of what was going on in her world. And what you need to know is Sarah is a school teacher. She's a school teacher. Um, and she shared her story and, and not like, okay, I'm gonna share it. She was just talking about her day and talking about the day before that. And as she talked about just the things she was facing as a school teacher, I was like, oh my gosh, like that, like just, you know, kids online and kids in the classroom and the protocols changing and navigating this thing and, and just, just what she was going through and trying to just be this gift to these kids and do this thing. And I just thought like, we, like we, we've got to find a way to support them in all of this. So in this next season of ministry, we as a church, we want to be a gift to our school teachers and, and uh, educators and our community around us. And to really get a feel for this, uh, I want you to hear a story. I want you to hear a story of another uh, school teacher. Uh, you all know Andy Thomas, his wife, Janelle is a school teacher. And uh, we made a, a short video where she was just sharing a little bit of, of what she has gone through as a school teacher. So uh, just watch this uh, video here. I have never worked harder in my life to where, you know, teaching is always hard. Teaching has always been a profession where it's like, oh, it just requires so much of you. Yet, we are now at a place where we are longing for the days of old because that felt easy. Because what we're doing now is takes exponentially more of us. Like just when you thought like, I could not be more stressed out, I could not give more. You're at a place where it's like, I've literally given more. I, I, I don't know how much more I can give. And I've joked with my team, like, if we have to keep doing this next school year, I'm out. Not because I don't want to do it, because I physically can't. I think oftentimes as humans, we want something or someone to blame. Like, oh, if only the principal would do this. If only the administration would say this. And we live in a time right now where there is no one to blame. We're all living through a pandemic and everybody is just constantly trying to do their best. This is not equal access because kids don't have access to internet. Because the day before we were going on Christmas break and I did have students in my classroom, I have this kid who his boots are in like 15 pieces. And so I'm going to Walmart that night to get him a pair of shoes before we go on break because he needs a pair of shoes. I had my students on Zoom and could just tell that there was a, a little girl who was really disengaged. She would show up late to Zoom. During the Zoom, she wasn't 
looking at me. She wasn't interacting with her peers. The computer was on and it was just kind of there. I just needed to try to find a way to connect with her. So I went to their house and I introduced myself to her and said, I'm your teacher and how are you? And thank you for, you know, getting to school every day. Here are your materials. Do you have any questions for me? And she just looked at me and she said, I just want to know if you can spend time with me. And that was such a sobering moment. I just want to hug her, right? It's just, you hear that story, and just every day she's, you know, dude, I just want to give her a hug. And we're in COVID. We're not supposed to give hugs. And it's just like, you know, just like, it's, but Casas, you have a gift to give. As a church, like I, I look out and I see you all. And even those of you online, I know you like you're a gift. You are so filled with love and so filled with compassion. You are generous people. Like the heart and light of Jesus Christ shines through you. It's what I love about being a part of this church, see? And so in this next season, we get to love on a group of people, right? That have been, you know, showing up, doing so much for the kids, our kids, our grandkids, the kids in this community. And we want to love on them. We want to support and encourage them. And, you know, one of the things we can do right now is if you are, and I mean this, whether you're online or here in the room, stand up and because we just want to applaud you for what you're doing. Come on, if you're a teacher, if you're, stand up right now. Awesome. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. And those of you online, there's like a whole group of people just applauding you. Yeah. Because like we love you for what you're doing and we appreciate it. And we want to be a church that supports you in that. And so in this next season, um, we don't know what the exact needs will be right now, but our commitment is this, because we've done this in the past and we're going to look to do this, is that we will we'll have some drives. We will do some things that as needs arise, we'll say, okay, uh, we're, gonna, we're gonna love on those teachers in those schools in a tangible way. Because there are so many Sarahs and Janelles, and, and those of you who stood up here, like, and people outside of our church that are doing that. And part of the way we get to bring the kingdom of God to them is just to appreciate and encourage and love on them in tangible ways. And the other thing that we're gonna do, the other thing, and this is the challenge that I've given the staff, and we've talked about this the last uh, couple of weeks uh, here, and uh, there's uh, many plans to make on this, but here is the fundamental challenge is that before this school year is out, that we will have a Sunday morning that is well-planned and executed, that honors and encourages and celebrates 
the teachers in our community here, that we're going to do that. And, and the commitment that we're making as a staff to do that, what I wanna challenge all of us as a church to do is to participate in that. Maybe there is a teacher um, that you know, and maybe the most beautiful thing in the world you could do would be to reach out and invite them to be a part of that, where they could come and be a part of something where we can encourage and love on and bless them in a tangible, tangible way. So, you know, last week I talked a lot about like who we are as a church. We are this Christ-centered church. And what it means to be as a Christ-centered church is to understand that because of Christ, we're a gift. We have a gift. We have this amazing gift. And that we will be that gift that we give ourselves away to this world. And in doing that, we, like it will open that opportunity to bring the gospel into our world in the most beautiful of ways. Friends, that, that's what's on the docket for us as we move forward in this next season of ministry. And I could not be more excited about it and watching you do all those amazing tests. And yes, you can applaud for that because it's, I, I'm excited for that, right? So, one last time, all right? Let's close out with those amazing words, right? That we wanna be a gift, not a goat sweater, right? Let that resonate in your heart as we live, all right? So say it with me, ready? Here we go. We want to be a gift, not a goat sweater. Amen. Blessings on you. Have a great morning.